everybody. Hello. You're listening to Talk Crooked, the social justice and comedy podcast where two friends laugh, cry, and rage about an unspeakable subject while trying not to um, hiccup and burp into the mic. I apologize (laughs) for that. And also (laughs) while enjoying adult beverages. My name is Kay. Yes. (laughs) And I'm Carrie, and I'm fucking this up. I'm so sorry. (laughs) No, it's okay. Um, I have a shot today, guys, and I don't have a lime, but I have lime jello, so, I mean, quarantine better. (laughs) We should make tequila lime jello shots. Yes, absolutely. When this is over and I can drink again. Yes. When my nine months sober ends. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Grab your shot. Take it with me. One, two, three. Woot, woot. Oh, wow, that was smooth. Good. Oh, I have missed Jose Cuervo. (coughs) Freezer cold? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's been in my deep freeze. Oh, nice. Mm Mm-hmm. How was it with the lime jello? Very good. Did it work? Sweet. Mm -hmm. This is the smoothest it's ever gone down. Oh, no. (laughs) This might be our new thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually took a sip of my delicious drink that I made myself. Mm. I like to mix my juices. Mm -hmm. And since I can't have anything, you know, adult fun, (laughs) um, I I got like a bunch of juice. Like, I I really like the Simply Lemonade and Simply Orange, you know, like that stuff. So you can also, Mm -hmm. they have Simply Apple. They have Simply Cranberry. I should get their grapefruit juice. Ooh yes. Um, too, because I, re- I I don't mix anything else. Like I don't mix my cereal that makes my skin crawl to think mm-hmm. about. Like I don't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like no. I don't like really mix anything else like that. But mm-hmm. I love to mix juices, and especially like when I gave up soda. Like uh, lemonade is a big staple for me, mm-hmm. um, and unsweet tea. So I really like, but I also really like unsweetened cranberry juice. Mm-hmm. So. Um, if you put a little bit of unsweetened cranberry juice in the bottom of your glass and then fill the rest of the glass up with some lemonade, like some really good quality lemonade like that, not mm-hmm. like, you know, the sugar water with lemon food coloring in it. <laughs> yeah. Lemon, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. the, the stuff that comes in the jugs. Um, yeah. yeah, this the Simply Lemonade is my favorite. They're not paying us, but it's my favorite. And I mixed it. I had... I. I went on a grocery pickup today and I had to make some space in the fridge, so I had to finish off a couple of things. So uh-huh. I uh, I was like, ooh, I'll make myself a, a tasty treat. So I'm yeah. having cranberry lemonade over here. That sounds amazing. My mom and, and I have... so delicious. <laughs> My mom and I have been on this Jello kick, and we have found um, this Jello at Walmart. It's called Winkies, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sugar-free. It's only five calories per container and it comes yeah it comes in a huge pack of them I think there's like 24 in there and um, there's orange lemon lime black cherry and um something else Uh, I got that one (laughs) well that's awesome because you can feel there's something about jello because like that makes it kind of special because like you usually only get jello when like you're sick or Mm -hmm. you know for like a party or something so like Mm -hmm. 
It's like a tasty little indulgent treat for you, but it only has five calories, so you don't have yeah. to feel bad about it. That's awesome. Exactly. And like, like we've been it. we've been getting ready whip to put on top of it because it's only 15 <gasps> calories. Yum. Yeah. Oh, look at you guys mm-hmm. living it up. Yes. So I got creative this week, too, and I got a bunch of stuff. I added a bunch of produce to my to my grocery order. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, we're doing the, the online pickup thing at Walmart because we're not even, even though things are opening up, neither of us trust anything. Yeah. I'm not going into a grocery store, especially since most of the employees I saw had their masks on with their noses sticking out over the top. <sighs> I saw so, an old lady doing that at Walmart, and I almost stopped no and told her to not do that, that. You guys, like, it's not, there's no point <laughs> in wearing, and even wearing a mask if you do that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I am going to make salads in a jar. Ooh. So I got, I got some chicken defrosting, I've got cucumbers, I've got a tomato, cheese, bacon i'm gonna boil some eggs and i'm gonna layer it up so then what you do is you layer like the meat and stuff mm-hmm. like your proteins well you put your dressing in the bottom and then you put your meat on top of that and then it keeps the dressing from getting into the lettuce and making it soggy mm-hmm. so you put your meats and like proteins and stuff down there and then layer in like your veggies and then top it up with lettuce and put the lid on the top and you can make like six or seven of them and stick them in your fridge. And then Ooh. when you want one, you just pull one out and dump it in the bowl and you have salad. Nice. Yeah. I've so been... that'll be quick, quick lunchtime for me this week that's full of protein and yeah. fresh veggies. I've been making a lot of veggies. Um I got, like last time I went to the store, I got bell peppers and I got mushrooms and mm. I've been putting those together, and I put mine in teriyaki, and I let mom season hers because she doesn't like teriyaki. Um, mm. But I also got some squash, and I'm going to cook that tonight with some onions. Um, yeah, I mean, it's summertime. Like, it's yeah. time for those, like, fresh veggie flavors and stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. I and I necessarily make... want, like, something heavy at night Yeah, when it's hot. You know, so exactly. And I make some of the best squash ever. Like my family goes mm. crazy over it and my mom eats it even though she I doesn't normally squash. like squash. So pretty proud of it. <laughs> and I'm nice. excited to make it. <laughs> um Yeah, so I baked I, bread I did that for the today. first time this week. Oh, how was it? It turned out great. Good. I found a really good recipe. And it turned out really great. It was way easier than... My, my brother got me a great bread cookbook from... It's, like, by the guy from the Great British Bake Off, who's mm-hmm. the judge or whatever, you know? So, like, it was... It's pretty intimidating. <laughs> so I didn't <laughs> yeah. want to fail at one of those. So I found, like, just an easy recipe online just to get my... Because I've literally never made bread. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of stuff that I've made, but not bread is not one of them. I've always found it too intimidating. And so... um. This was my first time doing it, so I was like, I'm going to take the pressure off myself, and I'll find this really, like, easy one. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can, like, succeed at it, and then, like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then it'll be okay later, and get my confidence up a little bit. And it turned out perfect. Ooh. So perfect, in fact, that I made another one, and I added garlic and rosemary to it, and it was great. So we had that oh, last night with spaghetti. Oh, I hate you. That sounds it incredible. It was delicious. Yeah, it was really, really good. I made kale chips. That one didn't turn out quite as well, though, because I needed it a little too much because I was needing those ing- those extra flavors into it. Mm-hmm. So next time, I got to remember to 
add those in earlier and count my needs. Yeah. You know? I made kale yeah. chips for the first time the other night. Fun. Um, burned half so of them. So healthy. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but now I know how to make them, and they were really good. So I'm going to make more, and I'm going to make these uh, russet potato oven-baked fries that I found uh, through Noom, because I started I started Noom. I'm really proud of myself. Um mm-hmm. And they sent me this wonderful guide of recipes and workouts um, that I paid extra for. And I also got a DNA testing kit that's going to, that like once I send it back, they're going to run a report and like see what I need to lose weight based on my DNA. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. Um. And my That's mom, so cool. yeah, my mom joined Noom with me. I don't think she likes it as well. I think it's more of a millennial <laughs> thing, kind of. But I love. She's like, yell at me, make me feel <laughs> terrible. And you're <laughs> like, no, I don't want to feel guilty about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I have I'm a great you. coach. I'm on your side. <laughs> Thank you. I have a great coach. I love her. Her name is Felicia. She checks in with me all the time. Oh my god. Oh my god, you can tell her by Felicia, and it's not even rude. I know! <laughs> that was <laughs> That's the first awesome. thing I thought. I thought about doing it the first day, and I was like, no. She like, hears that every day of her life. <laughs> I'm sure that she does. <laughs> She's like, okay, like, Friday is the bane of my existence. Oh my god. <laughs> That's so funny. But I love her to death. And, um... I'm so excited. I'm so very excited. I'm so proud of myself. There have been a couple of days where I did not do so well, but like I'm working on it and Noom is really helping me like not view the way I eat as something that's horrible. It's just something that I need to work on and tweak a little bit and like Good. I can treat myself a little bit every day, which is really nice. Um, and I've lost weight just in the first week. Because it doesn't sound like it's deprivation. It sounds like it's just a mind shift. Yeah. A bit. Yeah. I We actually talked about that on the app today. I was actually reading about that today. And it was like, we don't want you to feel deprived. We want to add stuff to your list of foods that you like. And like one of the yeah. things was you can, if you want to like give yourself a slice of cheesecake every week, that's fine. Just make sure it's a, a once a week thing. Or you can treat yourself every day with like a dark chocolate square. So I'm going to get some dark oh, chocolate yes, that's squares. that's what I do. Yeah. I love Ghirardelli dark, tar- uh, dark chocolate. I like the intense dark ones. I really mm. like the Ghirardelli uh, dark chocolate with raspberry. So I'm going to get some of those oh, today. Yes. Which I need to yes. add that to my list. Um, raspberry and chocolate is a match made in heaven. Mm-hmm. And my mom mm. has gotten these great um, syrups and mixers that are zero calories. Um I'm, we might need to look into them as a sponsor because they are fantastic. Ooh, okay. And I'm getting this really cute cup that my mom ordered. It's a unicorn cup. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, That's awesome. Yeah. But like our coffee game is on point, guys. Yeah. I'm putting Kay like peanut butter picture. syrup. <laughs> Kay sent me a picture of her like shelf and I was like, <laughs> it looks like a barista moved in. 
Yes. And like we have these <laughs> foams that we put on top of the coffee now. And it's got like collagen in it to help with hair, skin, and nails. And I can already tell a huge difference. That's amazing. Yeah. And wow. Like, yeah. I'm come move in with you. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> <laughs> I miss everyone. I actually, um, I got to go see Kita's uh, fur babies yesterday. I went and house sat for a little bit, but I didn't get to see Aww. them because my mom's uh, not letting me go see any of my friends, <laughs> which is fair. Yeah. Um, but I, like, I got to see them and play with them for a bit. And um, I'm watching a movie tomorrow night with some friends they're slowly working me into like slasher films because i'm wanting to work towards being able to watch those um <laughs> just because i love the horror genre so much yeah. and like i really want to write in that and also i just want to be able to enjoy those movies without having panic attacks so they're starting me off on a pretty tame one um and we're going to watch that tomorrow. What, like so. Halloween? Because that's a pretty tame one. Um, the, I mean, the original one from the 70s, not... <laughs> <laughs> I watched the newer one a the couple of years ago. The newer one was pretty gory. Yeah, it but... It was great, though. We're going to watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, my God. Yeah. I can barely get through Texas Chainsaw, but have fun. <laughs> I'm going to try. My friends are very I supportive. I can't so. do that one. I made it through and I looked at Josh and I said, I'm never watching this again. I love you. And I know this is one of your favorite movies, <laughs> but I can't. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. Also, <laughs> last life update from me. Hi, guys. You're getting life updates um, in the first 20 <laughs> minutes of this episode. Um, I got a new desk and I can actually move and I have room to do stuff on my desk. And I'm looking Yay! outside while I record right now because I moved around my room and absolutely killed my back yesterday. It's fine. Nice. But <laughs> um, I'm looking it's outside while I record <laughs> and it's so beautiful. Yes, I'm so happy. I That's feel awesome. so much better. Yes, you sound better. Thank you. You sound better than you have in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, <laughs> I don't feel... You slept all day. <laughs> I did. I was up until 4 a.m. putting this goddamn desk together. <laughs> <laughs> I could not stop. I was drunk, and I was like... The instructions weren't very clear. Um, FYI... Were they not very clear, or were you drunk? They were not clear. There was one sentence of instruction <laughs> on every page. And I was like, you all fucking suck. <laughs> so I was putting stuff <laughs> together upside down and backwards because there was little to no instruction. And I was like, oh, that's so frustrating. It's fine. But I was just listening to rap music, <laughs> trying to put this desk together at 4 a.m. in tears. <laughs> like, I just wanted it to be put together. It's so beautiful. It, it was so worth it. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, I Good put a picture. You. I put a picture on Facebook. I need to send you that picture so you can see. But I love it. So. Yay. Yeah. That's oh, my man. life update. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we, shall we get started? Yes, I'm so excited about today's episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. So today we are talking about foster care. Okay. <laughs> There's such a delay. 
there is. I get so scared. I'm sorry. It's okay. Let's try it again. So t- okay. today we are talking about foster, foster care. care. <laughs> and that deserves a creepy voice because Jesus it fucking does. Christ. Uh-huh. Can I just say Jesus fucking Christ? We're starting in a dark place today with my segment, but mm-hmm. then we're going to go lighter, so it'll be fine. Good. But, I'm so glad. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've, got, I've got some stuff <laughs> to get through. Yeah, so, I knew... Um, I knew some people that were in foster care when I was growing up, and... I taught, I taught people. I taught a lot of people in foster care. Oh, yeah. It, it, it is a dark world. It is it's surprisingly dark. dark. They were my favorite students, though, I will say that, because they just really wanted love and attention. And yeah. once they found that I... W- they found in me someone who was willing to listen to them and mm-hmm. encourage them. And yeah, it's, it's really sad. I miss them the I miss miss some of them the most. Yeah, I mean I miss all my kids. Like, don't get me wrong, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, but it it is different. I wonder about them. Like, I wonder about them daily. Yeah, yeah, because their their circumstances are just beyond belief. Like, I could not imagine upsetting. Yeah, like I mean, traumatizing to be taken from your parents, no matter the situation. Even if it is a bad situation, it's traumatizing yeah. for kids to be taken away from their parents. Um, I mean, I've seen we're some not dark shit, about, but like, not anything who close. Are ta- yeah, no. Um, so I don't think we need a definition of the foster care system. I think everybody knows what it is. It's when, you know, someone it has to, when, when minors have to be taken away from their parents because of circumstances yeah danger what what are what the government considers dangerous circumstances so um and that's what we're going to kind of get into today um so i think we all know that the the foster system is broken so i I just Mm want to dive straight in and talk about the problem i didn't really want to do much history yeah um as far as that i mean it's just it's boring and quite (laughs) frankly not really relevant yeah (laughs) Right it, now, um, I just wanted all to dive matters. straight into the problems yeah. that we all are. That, all that really matters so right now is trying to fix what is broken. Yes. You know. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting is that a lot of the issues are very fundamental and basic and can be fixed. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of getting it fixed. Mm-hmm. So um, I pulled uh, my info from fosteramerica.org and an episode of Armchair Expert with Dak Shepard, um, Oh, they did an episode Ashton, on it? Uh, it? Well, it's entitled Ashton Kutcher Returns, and you'll see where that goes. Um, if you guys don't know, um, of course, everyone knows who Ashton Kutcher is. <laughs> he's beautiful <laughs> and hilarious, but he also is um, he's a he's a business investor, and mm-hmm. he invests in companies that um, are very ethical, and he has big goals for, like, eliminating child pornography from the internet and fixing the foster care system, and that's what he talked about on that episode was, like, he, he was talking about New Year's resolutions, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, I think that our, our vision is too short term. Yeah. And we do our New Year's resolutions. And so he was like, I do five and 10 year resolutions and 50 year resolutions and stuff like that. So I, he was like, in the next five years, this is what I want to have accomplished. And so wow. then he sets that out. And um, he also apparently he has an actual bathroom stall in his house because mm-hmm. he's fucking Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> and he... <laughs> 
And the door that closes in front of him is a chalkboard. And when he sits there and takes his big long shits, <laughs> he uh, thinks of ideas and writes them on the chalkboard because he doesn't take his phone into the bathroom, which is a good habit to have. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, people get hemorrhoids from that shit because they're sitting there on the toilet just pushing and pushing and nothing's coming out because <laughs> they're scrolling on Instagram and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so he'll he'll write I, he'll write his ideas <clears throat> in there. And I thought that was really funny. But um, one of his things that he wants to get done is to fix the foster care system. And so he's been working with people. And um, so let me just um, let's dive into the problem and the numbers. And then we'll talk about some of the problems that Ashton brought up that were really fixable. Yeah. And fundamental and then See, I'm going to talk about what's going on right now. See, I want to foster, um, but I don't want to, like, adopt. I just want to take care of kids, like, especially older kids, especially if they want to, like, wait in the too. system and age out. Um, I'd be happy to, like, take take care of them and love them and just show them what a home would be, you know? The problem with not adopting them, though, is that they can be taken away from you. Yeah. And be taken to someplace worse. Because they're just constantly being shuffled no matter what. And I don't know why that is. Um, And I did not find out. But um, (laughs) it it all really dark, you guys. It all really depends on their social worker, too. Right. So let's talk about the problem. So um, this is from Foster America. So this is, uh, it says, every child belongs in a safe and loving family. That's why our goal for the millions of American children who are neglected, abused, or orphaned is to help their families heal when possible and to make foster care more loving and far less traumatic when it is needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, the, fu- the child welfare system, the federal, state, and county government agencies charged with this responsibility has been stretched beyond its expertise and capacity. The system places too many poor and minority children in foster care who could be kept safely at home, shuffles children between multiple foster homes and institutions, and further traumatizes them at each step. Mm-hmm. This isn't just devastating for, in- for individual children and their families. The failures of the child welfare system are at the root of some of our nation's biggest challenges. As many as 70% of youth in the juvenile justice system have been in the child welfare system, meaning they've been in the foster care system. Mm-hmm. The people, the kids in ju- so that's 70% of the kids in juvie have been in the foster care system. Yeah, I... That's a correlation. Yeah. Right I have there. A, I have a quick question. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you found this in your research or not. I've read a... Um, I read a short story by someone in my class this past semester about a girl who was shuffled through all these different foster homes and finally put into juvie because there were just not enough foster homes. Um, oh, I don't know about that. I, I did terrible. Yeah, I didn't know. Why would know, you do? Oh, God. Like, I didn't know if that was a thing. Like, you can just be put in juvie just because there's not... I don't think so. I didn't think so but either. But I could be completely wrong. But that that doesn't sound mm. legal to me. Yeah. Juvie is a detention center. <laughs> yeah. Because like I know that there, there are, are institutions. Group homes. Like there are like orphanages and stuff where they they can send people. Mhm. And I know that but there are like group homes. I know that there are like group yes. homes and stuff. So I would think that would be the first step if you can't yeah. find 
a they foster family. Ju- I don't think that's true, but we'll I, see. I didn't think so either, Unless and I was like, crime. well, she didn't, and like she uh, only yes, did yeah. after she had been in juvie and then sent to a foster home. I'm like, that doesn't sound like that, that should happen. <laughs> that sounds like I a- don't know. We, <laughs> I have no idea on that one. Yeah, at all. That I just I didn't know if you had come true. across that. Yeah, and <laughs> no, I haven't. But uh, that's shocking and terrible if that happens. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, this is just saying that there's a correlation, and I'm going to get into that when I get into some of Ashton's stuff. So, um, mm-hmm. and as a res- so as a result of our ca- country's dis dis blah, 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 <laughs> and as a result of our country's dis disparate oh, fuck this word disparate treatment of black and white families black children are twice as likely as white children to wind up in foster care and land on its conveyor belt to other broken systems of course they are yeah and um a lot of it has to do with the fact that the quote-unquote definition of what's considered a dangerous situation is not always correct Mm -hmm. and um the goal should always be to keep the goal should always be to try to keep the kids with the parents because yeah. not all the kids are in the in the who that are in the foster care system need to be in the foster care system mm-hmm. a lot of times they're in there because of financial troubles that their parents are having and all kinds of other issues that that way before you know abuse or neglect comes into play mm-hmm. and i'll have an example for you later that's pretty <laughs> eye opening um yeah, I mean, like we knew um, we had a customer we had a customer whose daughter was taken away from her because she had to leave her at home for 20 minutes while she went to the store. And her daughter was like 12. And her their dad had just been taken to jail. Remember this? Their dad, mm-hmm. had, The dad had just been taken to jail for something. And she had a full-time job. Like, they were lower income. But they she had a full-time job at the gas station next to where we worked. Oh. And, um... She had to leave. She couldn't find anyone to stay with her child, so she had to go to work. And her neighbors called CPS on her. Oh my god! And which like is the last thing that she needed. Her daughter was fucking twelve. I was staying home alone and babysitting my younger brother when I was ten. Yeah, twelve years old is actually like the legal age you're allowed to leave kids at home. But her daughter's mixed, and her husband's black. Of course. And our customer was white, so. Yeah, and it's, you know, fucking <laughs> Kentucky. It's Western Kentucky. Um, it was terrible. It was yeah. really, really terrible. I'll never forget the look on her. I would never forget the tears on her face. Oh. The, it was so heartbreaking because she always had so much energy and then all of this happened to her and I was just like, oh, God, honey. Like, yeah. Ugh. And like, it was just terrible. <sighs> And, like, that's unreasonable. But, like, I know that in a lot of situations, sometimes kids are just fostered because their parents need a little time to get their lives back on track. And, like, then the kid gets to go home. Like, one of the stories that I have is basically that. But also, that shouldn't be necessary. We should be Mm -hmm. help. We should maybe... There's... Let me get to it. Hang on. Yeah. So, the... um. So I've got some stats real quick, and it says this system is failing. It says one in eight American children is abused or neglected by the age of 18. Mm -hmm. One in 17 kids enters foster care. That's a lot. Yeah. The rate of foster care placement increases to one in nine for black children and one in seven for Native American children. 
70% of juvenile justice-involved youth have been in foster care. 50% of foster youth will not graduate from high school on time because they shuffle from house to house and they change schools so much, and it's terrible. Yeah. 48% of... There should be pl- things in place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the kids should get to stay at the school. It's not the f- kids' fucking fault that it's in foster care. Yeah. Uh, 48% of girls in foster care become pregnant by age 19. Yeah, because you're looking for love, and sometimes that's mm-hmm. how you think that you find and it. And there's no fucking sex ed. Yep. Um, 60% of child trafficking victims have histories in foster care. Yep. Awful. That is the most fucking shocking number to me. Yeah. It's... Everybody, let's take another shot. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just going to drink a Thir- big gulp of wine. <laughs> Right. Um, 33% of homeless young adults were previously in foster care because they don't feel like anyone wants them. Yeah. And then kids in foster care are four times more likely than other children to attempt suicide, which makes perfect sense. Yeah. And then it closes with, let's change the picture. So um, let's get into some of the stuff that Ashton was talking about. What? Go ahead. I I just want to say before I forget it. Um, if you're looking into becoming a foster parent or are a foster parent or even are a foster child, there is a thread that I found on Reddit that's for, like, people that are new to the game and fostering. And oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's super helpful. They've built a wonderful community there. Um, and I, I honestly think that you should check that out and read through it and, like, make sure that this is the best decision for you. And like, mm-hmm. I think that it's a great way to like connect with other people that are living it and try to understand what it is before you get yourself into it. And then you realize maybe you've bitten off more than you can chew or, you know, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I, if you're wanting to be part of the, part of the um, reason that it gets better and like adopt some or foster some children, that's great. Just make sure that you know what you're doing before you get into it. That's, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's all I wanted to say about that. Okay, so <laughs> these systems obviously are very poorly run and underfunded because mm-hmm. we cut money in the stupidest places in this country. Yeah. Um, but if you look at how much money goes to the people who come out of the foster care system, it just doesn't line up. So it's mm-hmm. where, like, you know, conservative people, they're all like, oh, we got to cut our funding to all this stuff, which the government shouldn't be spending all this money on all this services. But it's like, okay, but we have to make this system better because you're costing the government more in the long run because... Um, <laughs> As per usual, of course, we're cutting in the wrong place. Um, so mm-hmm. penitentiaries, medical expenses, welfare, etc., all of that. Uh, plus, if you've been raised in a neglectful way, you're far more likely to repeat that as a parent because you just haven't had a good model of what parenting should look like. And then the cycle just perpetuates itself. Yeah. And then billions of dollars are being spent, especially, you know, for, for all of the entitlements like in that are downstream from this. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. Um, and if you're shuffled f- from, if you're shuffled around from foster home to foster home, and you have this sense that no one loves you, how are you going to express that in the world? You know? Yeah. It's 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 not going to be great. Like it's you're going to have a hard time contributing. And that's not to say that people don't come out of the foster system as perfectly fully functioning adults. It's mm-hmm. not. I'm not saying that at all. But that's 
that's the exception, <laughs> I would say. It's yeah. it's rare that someone ends up in a great situation and stays there. So um, uh, Ashton says that you can actually look at the direct line from foster hair, foster care, not foster hair. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Um, for foster care brain. and the neg- right for real. Oh my god! And the neglect. I wrote these notes like two days ago too, so <laughs> I'm struggling. And the neglect of that system to all those other entitlements downstream, and see that it actually costs a billion times more later. So we just need to upfront the cost to fix foster care, and then we'll solve a ton of problems. Yeah. Down the line, um, he says that it's a bit like homelessness. What does it cost to fix versus what does it cost to treat? Yeah. Um, and I agree with them. Like, I don't see these types of problems as left or right. It's just a human problem. It's not political. It's mm-hmm. the, we're all humans and this is an issue that's affecting all humans. And we need to um, make sure that we're taking care of our fellow man up above yes. whatever we quote unquote believe in. Because absolutely belief is so fluid. It's insane. And I read, I read Life something. Is a construct. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I you read fluid. It, you you said fluid. It made me think gender. I had to throw a joke in. Sorry. Yeah, I I loved it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I read something. It was a, I think it was a tweet. Um, but it was like America is just a third world country with smartphones, and I was like, you know mm-hmm. what? Looking at the issues that we're having to deal with right now, yes, that's yeah, it true. Absolutely is. We don't even pay people for maternity leave. Yeah. I mean, it, literally everyone else does that. You guys yeah. know that, right? <laughs> literally everyone else except for Papua New Guinea does that. We We're also really the only fucking country still on the the inches and feet scale. We really just need to worry about <laughs> taking care of our fellow man, guys. Like especially yeah. in the wake of COVID-19 and we see what oh, I'll get the there. issues are in this country. Uh, like. We'll get there. <laughs> it's. Yeah. And guess what? None of these fixes are free. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you're going to have to fucking pay taxes. Yeah. That's how it works. I, I mean, I don't mind it. fixed. You're going to have to pay for it. <laughs> I don't mind to pay taxes if it means that someone else lives, you know. Me neither. If it means that I can be proud of my country. Yeah. Because it's being run properly. I don't care to pay my taxes. If it goes in some sleazy ass fucking politicians yacht fund, I'll be pissed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm ready to vote out almost every politician (laughs) that's in office right now. Like it's pretty bad. Okay, so let's keep going before we get off on this tangent. So, um, (laughs) okay, so Dax says um, that you should just fiscally want to do an ounce of prevention for a pound of cure. And Mm -hmm. the same goes for foster care. You just run the math. It's always cheaper to prevent a problem from happening than to fix it later. So um, Ashton also mentions a few crazy shortcomings in the system that simply don't need to exist. And these will piss you off. Oh, um, great. (laughs) I'm already pissed. Let's go. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Let's just go. Uh, So for instance, sometimes these kids get removed from their homes and put into foster care because the mom was a single mother who had four kids who couldn't afford to pay her rent this month and decided to go and sell her body for sex in order to pay rent and was out at night. And then the social worker came home, saw four kids left home alone at night, and so they were removed the four kids. But wouldn't it be cheaper to just pay the 400 bucks in rent so that the kids can stay with their mom? 
she didn't want to go off and do that. Now, that's different. I'm not disparaging people who choose to be sex workers as a profession. You do you. Mm -hmm. But this situation was not that situation. It was someone who was desperate, needed to do this, and that, that was her only option. Yeah. So you see what I'm saying? So wouldn't it be cheaper to just pay the $400 in rent so that the kids can stay with their mom and then maybe get the mom into some kind of program to help her gain some better employment? Like, isn't that a better solution? Exactly. Way cheaper and so much less traumatic for the kids because being removed from your family, again, is traumatic. Mm -hmm. They want you. You want to stay with your mom. No matter how much she irritates you, you want to stay with your mom. Yeah, you you want to stay with the person that birthed you and is raising you. You know. Yes, and it's we we've we've all heard the story a million times. Like my 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 husband is a, is a child of divorce, and I've dated several, and you know it's I was lucky enough to not be in that situation, but I've seen the way that that affects people. The the lack of the lack of consistency in your life. Thankfully, he was a little older, so it didn't really affect him as much as his younger siblings. But mm-hmm. just kids need kids need structure and they need consistency. Yeah. And when you're constantly don't know where you're going to live next or where you're going to be and you're going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Yeah, for some people that might be all they've ever known. But when it's going back and forth to different people's houses and it's not just between your mom and dad. Mm-hmm. It's strangers every single time. I mean, come on. You that, can't be so comfortable. Scary. And then you don't know why you don't know why you've been pulled out of the situation you were in before sometimes. Mhm. Why am I being shuffled to this next place? I don't even know. Why don't Oh, and so then you're constantly trying to push to see what it takes to get them to send you back. Yeah. You know, where the extent you're constantly testing the bounds of people's love and it's really really traumatic and no kid should have to experience that all kids deserve to be brought up in an environment of of, of unconditional love yeah truly so um and then there's also failings where cps leaves people in dangerous situations and it's like I don't know. It's like so back. It's so it's such a pendulum, you know? Yeah. And again, the kid clearly needs to be removed and there's nothing they can do because like the the parent hasn't hit them yet or something like that. You know what I mean? It's just like so we have to wait for this kid to be punched in the face by his father before you pull him out. Yeah. There's a lot of red tape. There's a lot. Yes. um, And like you said earlier, underfunding. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and do these you... poor social workers have so many cases on their plate. It's just insane. I'm not disparaging social workers. I have not several at all. friends who are social workers. <laughs> they are the hardest workers. Yeah. Social workers and teachers are the hardest working people. Yeah. I have a friend who is a social, like, who's a new social worker. Like, she just graduated college a few months ago. And, um... You know, she hears all the time, oh, you want to be a social worker, so you want to take people's kids away from them? No. Mm-hmm. Like, what she no, wants to do, yeah, is she wants to make sure that the children are safe, and the ultimate goal is to bring them back to their family if that is a safe space. Right. Like, Always. you know. Yeah, that is the ultimate goal. I don't know if you all have ever heard That's... the country song. Sorry, oh, the country song, Alyssa Lies. It is. No, I haven't. <laughs> uh, it's about um, abuse and like the Ugh. the death of a child who was largely ignored by the system. 
you know, and like okay, it wasn't so I the would system's not fault. Listen to that during quarantine. <laughs> yeah, I would not either. <laughs> um, but oh it, my god, that sounds terrible. But like, like I'm saying, it's because the system is so underfunded. And mm-hmm. instead of yeah. funding our military the way that we do, we need to look inward and make sure that our country is taken care of. Yes, we need yeah. to make sure that we have a force that is ready to go if we need to because World and War yes, Three is on the horizon. And yes, we should be taking care of our veterans. That's not what we're yeah. saying. But you don't... You guys know what we mean. We don't yeah. need all the craziness. Yeah. It's... Well, whatever. Okay, we need so to focus on what matters. Next sentence, <laughs> yeah. Literally, my next sentence was, the goal should always be for the kids to stay with the parents. Yeah. Uh, most people who work for the foster, for foster companies are always hoping that, that, that the situation improves at home for that very reason. Mm-hmm. So, um... Another part of the problem that Ashton brings up is that the method of becoming a foster parent is, like, super jacked up. Mm-hmm. So, um, of course, you have to go through multiple home inspections, which makes sense because, mm-hmm. you know, we all want these kids to be in a safe environment. Yeah. But the number one reason in, like, one county, like, one state or something, like, the number one reason that people were getting rejected from being foster parents is that they didn't have a fire extinguisher. So they were going through all of this, and they were passing and passing, and then they would get denied because they didn't have a fire extinguisher. And it was like, w- w- wait a second. Like- <laughs> wait. <laughs> I have two so in my Ash- house, so that's normal for me. But I also Well, live- you guys have... You're, a- you're caretakers, so that yeah. makes sense. I don't have a yeah. fire extinguisher. <laughs> I don't think I have a fire extinguisher. I haven't seen it if we have one. <laughs> Honestly, um, it's a good idea so- to get one anyway, but, like, that shouldn't be the reason they've been denied. If that is the reason no, it's not. they're getting denied, then fucking give them a fire extinguisher and let them well, have that, a child. My, hang on. Goodness. <laughs> Ashton says that he was talking to somebody in one state who was addressing this issue, and they just decided to put fire extinguishers in the trunks of the inspectors. <laughs> Good. And then you just give the applicants a fire extinguisher, and now they've passed inspection, and now we have a great home for a kid. <laughs> like, come on. It just um, makes me so angry. <laughs> the yeah, it's just like, hello. <laughs> just, just front the cost for the fire extinguisher. They're not that expensive. <laughs> it's a, it's a small thing, and like it's three dollars to yes. go get it checked. It's three dollars exactly. to keep it up every year. Like, you donate that to your couch cushion. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, everybody has three dollars. Goodness. So um, ooh, goodness. Sorry. Uh, There's also not enough data being run on where these foster kids are coming from. And then actual recruiting of foster families in those same areas and neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. So that they don't have to be displaced completely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, And it often, and it of course varies state by state. Some systems are run by the state. Others are run by the county, uh, which is terrible. The inconsistency in this country is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but if the children's next of kin is in a different county and they don't have the next of kin in the system, there may be an aunt or un- uncle like just over in the uh, in the next county. And then mm-hmm. the kid doesn't have to end up in the foster care system. Yeah. But then they don't know that they're they don't know that they're there. And when they don't set the kids up and then they don't set the kids up with their aunt, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, and in many cases, they don't even ask the kids <laughs> who the adults are like in their life. I don't and understand why you would not solution. do that. <laughs> That doesn't require funding. That's just, hey, do you have somebody you can stay with? (laughs) (laughs) 
do you have a relative that lives nearby? <laughs> That's all you have to do. And then you're not costing the state any money. Yeah. Except for the investigation. You're not costing the state funds of any kind. You just, you drive the kid to their aunt's house and you're done, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Because in most, in, in most situations, you know, family members prefer to take their, to take their nieces and nephews and things like that as opposed to letting them get lost in the system. Quote yeah. unquote, lost in the system. Um, and plus, you know, if the parents get their act together, if it's a temporary situation, like, oh, I didn't have rent this month, you would way rather just go over to your sister's house and be like, hey, can I, like, hey, I got it, we're good, I talked to this, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you can actually go see your kid and hang out instead of it feeling like an, inc- I don't know, like a weird privacy invasion because your kid's at, in some stranger's house, like that. Yeah. You don't know that they're being taken care of. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I would so much rather, I love, I, there, I have one place where I board my, do- and I know that dogs are not the same as children, believe me, I understand that. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's one place that I board my dog because I trust them. Yeah. And then, other than that, like, I would so much rather have my brother-in-law Tyler come out and watch him when we're not here, because I know he's going to play with him. Mm-hmm. He's going to make sure he's fit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know. I saw um never have some stranger come over and just even watch my dog like imagine that with your child yeah (laughs) I was reading through some of these stories not to say that foster families are bad I'm just saying like sometimes it's a very a lot of times it's a very minor situation Mm -hmm. um but I saw one I saw these posts um about like having home visits with the parents in quarantine um Mm mm-hmm and like a lot of one thing that I thought that was really cool was that a lot of these foster families will still still stay in touch with the parents and like make sure that the kids get some interaction with them and like since quarantine a lot of them have been like getting on zoom and like having the kid play board games with their parents and like the foster parents will pull, pull cards for the parents and the kid will move the piece for their parents so that they still get that interaction so I yeah, that I is think, one thing I think that is the majority is of people who are foster parents have very good intentions and have good hearts. Like, I don't... Yeah. I, it, the, the thing that's traumatic is that you're being removed from the familiar. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, um, but that's such a simple solution. Just ask. Mm-hmm. Because in some cases, it is the right thing to take the kids from the parents. But if we don't have the ability for families to become good foster families in a simple way that isn't just like ridiculously arduous or expensive Mm -hmm. then going into foster care is going to be a terrible idea like it just is yeah which i know there has to be some red tape because it has to weed out the people that are predators yeah you know it's it's an attempt to do that but the thing is that you know predators are in that group too so (laughs) it's yep you might as well cast your net a little wider and get some good people Mm mm-hmm um like, even, the, he talks about, like, Facebook and stuff and how, like, you could just you get on Facebook and find, it's, like, the easiest tool to find people's family members, mm-hmm. but the places where the social workers work, they blo- blo- block them from Facebook because they don't want them on there, like, checking their shit all the time, but it's, like, well, but that's, like, the best database <laughs> to find next of kin because there's not a system for that. Yeah. There's no system for finding someone's next of kin unless it's documented in like a will or something, you know? Yeah. It's use social media. <laughs> for the love of God, it's free. Use this resource. It's free. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> 
okay, so the social worker might get on there and check their Facebook once in a while. If they're doing that they're too much and not time. doing their job. Yeah, if they're yeah, not they doing their job, time. then fire them. But most of the time, exactly. they're doing their job. Fucking treat people like adults. I'm so sick of this fucking kindergarten country. Okay, so let's talk <laughs> about what's going on. Country. <laughs> it is. So that was just a few of the situ. Of course, there's more problems in that. But I thought that those were the most fundamental and easiest to fix, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and they re- they also talked a little bit about um, like trying to make sure that they- we keep kids in the same school. Yeah. And not shuffle them from school to school and maybe put them in a better school, the best school that's in your county. Yeah. Because shouldn't these kids who are underprivileged and in a bad situation have access to the best education? Well, it's obviously not. It's not like it's paying more, you <laughs> yeah. know, but like place them in an area where they're going to have the, a better education and then keep them in that same school. Don't shuffle them from school to school to school and then compromise their education because of it. Well, now, why I would mean, we duh. do that? That would be a smart decision. It's just it's just l- basic logic and I can't stand it. <laughs> But I thought that those were all really important to talk about. And, you know, those are simple ones that you can say, okay, yeah, like, that's fixable without a lot of money being spent. Yeah. And, um, of course, there's deeper issues than that. There's a lot of racism and a lot of discrimination. And we just can't, we just don't have time to get into all of that right now, unfortunately. Um, I, because I wanted to talk about what's going on because of COVID right now. So I wanted to make sure... I found this. This is, again, we're back to uh, fosteramerica.com. Mm-hmm. I mean, .org. Sorry. They're an organization. My bad. Um, there was a piece that was written by the head of the organization about what's going on in foster um, in co- during COVID um, in the foster care system. And I think it's important to make this, make this aware because um, – make people aware of this because – People are pissed they have to wear a fucking mask and they should all go fuck themselves because nothing, that is such a small price to pay for having the freedom to be able to go and do what you need to do when these poor kids are going through something terrible right now. So yeah, there are people who are far, far more affected by this than just having to wear a mask when they go to Walmart. Yeah. So you know what? Buck up. Pull your mask over your fucking nose. (laughs) And just do it. And wash your hands. Like, what? You wouldn't put your dick outside your underwear. Don't put your nose outside your mask. Exactly. I saw that and I immediately thought of that meme that that I posted. (laughs) I saw that today and I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) Oh, my God. You might as well be walking around with your dick out of your pants. Uh it's so dumb. I know it's hard to breathe. That sucks. That's a part of it. Sorry. I did this so it will be easier to breathe since we all wear it. Oh my god. I cut it. <laughs> since we have to wear them, um, I just figured. <laughs> Idiot. Oh lord. <laughs> okay. So let me get through this next part and then I'll be done. So um So by failing to take early action on COVID-19, the federal government allowed the disease to spread at an exponential rate and overwhelm the nation's medical system. Mm -hmm. The same mistake could be repeated with the U.S. child welfare system, which is already facing enormous challenges, serving 437,000 foster children currently in its care. As vulnerable families confront joblessness, illness, and social isolation as a result of the coronavirus, 
the number of children entering foster care could skyrocket. So we're not just flattening... Okay, so we're not just flattening the curve for the medical community. There are other systems that could be flooded as well. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, the number of children entering foster care could skyrocket, overwhelming another critical system with similarly devastating results. In the past month, about 22 million, because I'm just going to interject here for a second, because most kids who get this are asymptomatic and people Mm -hmm. don't want people, strangers, kids in their houses right now. Yeah. So it's going to be hard to get people to, even people who are in the system, to open their homes to having a kid come in and stay with them. Yeah. Because you don't know what they've been exposed to. So, in the past month, about 22 million Americans have filed for unemployment benefits, and, and now many foster parents are struggling to keep their jobs and homes while caring for the children who are learning remotely, mm-hmm. which is rough. When budgets get tight or homes get too crowded or tense or foster kids test positive for COVID-19, foster parents may face a difficult choice. Foster children may well be the first to go. Escorted out of the home by a caseworker with a garbage bag full of their clothes and no idea where they will wind up next. Give them a fucking suitcase. Why are you putting their... And the outlook actually, is simil- you, that- can, you can donate like you can bags donate suitcases, yeah. and suitcases for them. Yes. Do that. Don't make kids think that their stuff is garbage. Yeah. Because that's what you're the doing. The outlook is similar... Exactly. The outlook is similarly ble- I pack stuff in garbage bags when I move, but I'm a grown adult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the, and that's you my chose choice. that. You're like, you yes. chose to do that because it was exactly. cheaper. <laughs> yes. Someone, some stranger didn't walk into my house, throw all my shit in a garbage bag and say, come with me. At the least the kids simil- get to pack it most of the time. Oh, goodness. It's just so sad. But if they're little, there's no way they can pack it. Yeah. Oh, poor babies. Um, okay, the outlook is similarly bleak for other children in the system. Tens of thousands of foster kids who live in group homes and institutions are facing the same outbreak, ris- outbreak risks as prisoners. Think about how fast it moves in a school, you guys. How fast things move in a prison. It's the same when people live in group homes. Many more are being raised by their elderly grandparents who are, oh. the, who are the most vulnerable to COVID-19 complications. As courts close, others who, as courts close, others who were on the cusp of being reunited with their parents are, or adopted are now lingering in the foster care system with no clear end in sight. Even foster youth who've been beaten, who have beaten the odds and made it to college have been kicked out of their dorms as their universities shut down and they have no place to go. The good thing about a lot of universities, though, I will just say real quick, they have been good about, like, if you don't have a place to go, you can some. apply to stay. Some of them. Yes. Um, you can some. apply to stay in the dorm. So that's good on some of them, but it needs to mm-hmm. be better. But it's important to know that that's not the case always. Yeah. Because not all universities have the resources to continue doing that without funding. So, yeah. um, sorry, I'm just trying to make it a little lighter. No, you're good. I know, but it's <laughs> it's rough. You're gonna yeah. make it lighter, right? You said you had a lighter. Yeah, I have you some said lighter you had stories. Light. I don't have light. I, don't <laughs> I have, have light. two light stories. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> okay, good. And if officials don't act quickly to help families in need, the number of children who 
in foster care could soar. Even before the pandemic, millions of families were struggling to care for their children while dealing with unemployment, food and housing insecurity, and physical and mental illness. As the COVID-19 crisis worsens, millions more could join their ranks. While social isolation is the best way to stop a pandemic, it's also... Ooh, excuse me. That was disgusting. It's okay. is real. You're pregnant. We, uh, we forget. I know. You. I'm so sorry. <laughs> while, social isola- while social isolation is the best way to stop a pandemic, it's also one of the leading reasons why children wind up in foster care, preventing parents from getting desperately needed services and cutting families off from relatives, friends, mm-hmm. and neighbors who could help. The child welfare system. Sorry, this is kind of long, but it's important. So it's okay. Uh, no. The child. The ch- Don't apologize hmm? for that. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, the child welfare system does not have the capacity to manage a flood of new entries. Three years ago, when the number of children entering foster care surged at the height of the opioid addiction epidemic, states experienced severe shortages of foster families to care for them. As caseworkers scrambled to find homes for foster, chi- for foster kids, many children wound up sleeping in hotels or in their caseworkers' offices or were warehoused in institutions. Mm. If there is a similar surge because of COVID-19, the situation this time could be far worse. But it doesn't have to be. Officials can take actions now to flatten the curve of children who might otherwise wind up in foster care and protect those who are already in the system. Mm -hmm. To start, the next set of stimulus bills must prioritize vulnerable children and families. In the last stimulus... Yeah, in the last stimulus, Congress awarded the airline industry nearly $60 billion, yet it provided virtually no targeted funds to help children in foster care and a mere $45 million to support families in crisis so that they can stay out of the system, which is nowhere near enough to stem the tide of new foster care cases. Foster care institutional... F- what do you expect when you hire a slum... when you vote a slumlord in as president? <laughs> Foster care institutional facilities must be emptied before they are hit by COVID-19 outbreak. Children in these facilities should be returned to their parents when it is safe. Relatives and foster families should be recruited to care for those who can't go home. Yeah. Social workers, foster parents, and judges, the child welfare system's first responders, must be provided with the child care, protective equipment, and technology they need to continue to care for their children during this pandemic. Vulnerable families must receive greater access to income supports, mental health services, substance abuse treatment, and parenting assistance so that children don't have to enter the system in the first place. See? And I don't know why they can't easily find next of kin or someone that the child could stay with, considering that every, every time my mom has enrolled me in a school, they always ask, like... Who is the next of kin? It's Who a is allowed system. to? Yeah, it's a school. But the thing is, couldn't the social workers go to the school and be yes, like, "Hey, could. who, like, who has this parent said can come it's pick up this child thing on their plate?" That's the thing. We need more social workers, and for that, we need more funding because you have to pay them. Yeah. So. And finally, each of us individually needs to step up as well. If we can check on our elderly neighbors and ensure they have groceries, then surely we can each do our part to support families as they care for children in these difficult times. Mm -hmm. Call that young family in your neighborhood who can barely make ends meet and ask what you can do to help. 
Sign up to be a foster parent, mentor, or a court-appointed special advocate for, for a child displaced by this crisis. Urge your representatives in Congress to provide stimulus funds to support foster youth and other children and families in need. It shouldn't take a pandemic to make us realize that we all have a stake in each other's well-being. But here we are, confronting the fundamental truth that our society is only as healthy as its most vulnerable members. The, that includes children whose families whose families were already on the edge before this crisis. Yeah. Their lives are at stake right now as well. And that's it. That's what I got. That was beautiful. Thank you. Oh, yeah, I thought it summed it up, and I think it hit the rele- the things that are relevant for us right now. Yeah. And just some good food for thought. I didn't if you even... get into things that are too technical, I feel like it, you, you lose people. You know what yeah. I'm saying? My, my attention would start to wander, too, and you're just like, oh, God, this feels impossible. But those are easy, quick steps. And, you know, this other thing is important to think about, too. Mm-hmm. When you're pissed because you have to sit in your house and watch Netflix, like, just think about how this is affecting other people and do your part and stay the fuck home. Yeah. Because we need to flatten the curve for this other reason, too. I didn't even think about, like, being a mentor for foster kids. I didn't even realize I that didn't was either. a possibility. I would love to do that. I Like, I Me really too. miss working with kids because I was a Sunday school teacher for a very long time. And I really enjoyed mm-hmm. being around the kids. Well, yeah, and, I mean, I was a teacher teacher. I yeah. would love to do something like that. I just don't know. I like, mean, how to get job, started or... Or is it a volunteer thing? Like, you know what I mean? I just, like, need to know. I would think that would be a volunteer thing. I feel like that would be yeah, kind probably. of like volunteering at the, or, like, being someone at the Boys and Girls Club, you know? Yeah. Because, um, like, I I utilized that resource when I was younger. Like, well, my mom did. Like, she would send me to the um, Boys and Girls Club after school. Yeah. Because um, she couldn't pick me up from school and... Um, I didn't want to ride a, well, I, she didn't really want me like going home on a bus, but we realized that the Boys and Girls Club was not working. So I ended up going home on the (laughs) bus. Um, yeah, well, you know, yeah. Um, why did I turn out the way that I did? (laughs) (laughs) Oh Lord. Oh, uh, you ready? To All right. Well, there's my super depressing <laughs> segment. <laughs> well, we'll I'm keep actually it really proud of it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I know. I know it wasn't very funny, but like, I'm actually really proud of it. I feel like it. No, it I feel was like great. I did a solid effort on that one. I did a lot of, a lot more than just copy and pasting. <laughs> you did. Around, it was so. fantastic. Good job. Thank you so much. All You're right. Welcome. Let's take a break. Okay. All right. So we're back. Um. Hello. I'm feeling pretty <laughs> drunk right now. <laughs> I haven't haven't had a well, shot in a while, you. and I'm I'm almost through a full glass of wine, so mm. <laughs> need it for this topic. So mm-hmm. when I'm about I, halfway through my delicious juice mixture, yummy. So when I was deciding how I wanted to do my segment um, this week, I decided I wanted personal stories. Just because I think that those are the most impactful. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I know that not everything on the internet or on Reddit is true. But, I don't know. Like, I, I see these stories and I'm still like, this is a little bit 
of people's history. Yeah. Like, and, and I... And I would hate to think that anyone's making it up, but, like, even if they are... Why? Why? Yeah, no. Like, why would they <laughs> Why would they do that? But even if they are, it's yeah. a good story. Like, and right. I think it's still something to keep in mind. Because stories have that kind of impact. But, um... Yeah. I've got a... I've got a lighter one to start with, and it's pretty short. And then I've got a kind of dark one. And then we're going to go to a good place. So... Okay. Uh, these first two are from Reddit. Uh, this first one is really quick. It's a comment that I found um, under the Reddit series. Kids of Reddit who are a part of the foster care system. What's your horror story? Um, nice. I lo- okay, I love Reddit. I do too. Like, <laughs> I'm all on board for Reddit. And um, I wanted to give you guys some Reddit stories as a little sneak peek of what we do at Patreon. Um, so if you want more stories like this, definitely go to our Patreon, hit us up. Um, yes. even $1 a month, you get full access to everything we post. So, absolutely. Um, yeah. So this is from Redditor Gizmo. If you're able to donate, please donate. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, <laughs> this is from Redditor Gizmo Duck. Um, and she says, my friend adopted siblings. After dinner, she found the older sister hid away half her plate. When it was discovered and she was asked why, she said it was so she and her little brother would have something to eat tomorrow. She and her brother were immediately taken to the fridge, pantry, and shown the food storage. They were told that all of the food they see is theirs whenever they want it. Which I thought was just kind of sweet. Yeah, because they need to know. Yeah. Cause oh, that's so sad. Legitimately, sometimes they just don't know. Like, they haven't been no. told these things that people that, or that kids in good environments have been told about themselves, you know? So and that's the other thing. <laughs> like, my husband inflicted hoarders on me this week. And <laughs> one of the episodes, the guy was hoarding, like, canned goods. And there was stuff that was, like, 10 years past the expiration date. And they were like, why are you keeping this? And he was like, well, to give to people and to, you know, I think there's still enough nutrients in it that I could eat it. And they're like, no, (laughs) no, 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 (laughs) no shelter is going to take this, first of all. (laughs) And also, you should not eat this. Like, what is this about? And they figured out that it was because he had they he and his brother had struggled. You know, they were in a, a situation like that where they had to, they felt like they had to hoard food and they weren't really sure when their next meal was coming and all this trauma was coming up. Yeah. Oh, it's, it comes out. That shit is long term. Yeah. Like, even when you're Ooh. a baby, stuff that happens to you when you're a baby will come back. It, mm-hmm. it could be 10, 15 years down the road, but it will come back. Um, <coughs> I was seeing a lot of that in my research. That's terrifying. As my child kicks me <laughs> from <You're>, within. <laughs> you're a wonderful mother already. You Aww, don't need well, to worry. You. You're welcome. So this next story is my darkest one. Um, this is from someone who deleted their Reddit account. So I don't have a username for you. Um, but it was also on the uh, horror story foster care Reddit that I mentioned earlier. Um so, again, this is all first point, first person point of view. So, I say I, I mean this person. So, mm-hmm. 
I am 22. Growing up, I lived in a very small county. My high school only had less than 500 kids. Everyone knew everyone. I got taken into foster care when I was 16 because my mom had smacked me and then called the cops on me while she was high on meth. She was arrested. Wow. Mm-hmm. Heard that. Wow. <laughs> she was arrested that night. It was a school night. I woke up around midnight to someone yelling my name and pounding on my bedroom door. When I opened the door, there was a social worker and two police officers standing in my hallway. They told me to grab my school stuff and some clothes and come with them. I cried and said goodbye to my pug. I was in foster care for a few years when I was younger. There was a puppy. I know. The poor puppy. I was in foster care for a few years when I was younger, and I knew I wasn't coming home again. The social... Oh, no. I know. The social worker took me to Meth the social... is a hell of a drug. It is. <laughs> the social worker took me to the social services building and put me in one of the visit rooms. You know the room with the double-sided mirror and all the toys where they let foster kids visit their biological parents? I sat alone in that room and cried until around 7 in the morning. Oh. The social worker took me to a bathroom to change out of my pajamas and into school clothes. Then she took me straight to school. No sleep, no shower. She said she would pick me up. Oh, God. Right? She said she would pick me up after school. I got to school way early and sat and cried and waited for any of my friends to show up. On the first day, I told two or three people what had happened. I told a best friend and my older sister who no longer lived at home. I don't remember a lot of what happened at school that day. I just remember crying a lot and my teachers and the other students asking me what was wrong. I was too ashamed to tell anyone else. Oh, no. After school, the social worker picked... Tell your teachers. I know. After school, the social worker picked me up and brought me back to social services where my new foster quote-unquote family was waiting in the parking lot. I recognized one of the teenage girls from school. She was a a year younger than me, and though I had never spoken to her, she always seemed like a huge bitch. She was one of the Mm -hmm. biological daughters. The family also had a biological son who was a year older than me, a one-year-old daughter, and three older daughters who no longer lived at home. There were two other teenage there were two other teenage foster girls in the home who didn't go to my school. There was also a younger, maybe three year old foster girl with, with special needs. That one's mm. important because she comes back. Um, this is where things get jumbled or spots are left blank in my memory. I just remember lots of fake smiles from them at first. I remember crying almost every day and being in trouble for it. The mother didn't let the quote unquote. Mm-hmm. The mother didn't let the quote-unquote foster kids into our room until it was bedtime. So when I'd cry, I had to do it in the living room in front of everyone. I tried to cry in the bathroom at first, but with seven people in the house, I couldn't stay in there very long. Oh my and if, god, that's so many people. Right? And, if and you the, can't... Why? Why? Why can't you go to your room and have some privacy? What? what oh god, I hate people. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, I, I hate this person too. Right <laughs> This person is literally doing everything wrong. Yeah. The parent, not the kid, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Not the author. We, we know. <laughs> um, I mean, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. We, we know you're not a horrible person. <laughs> um, I mean, I just want to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. 
<laughs> and if, if the mother walked by and heard me crying or her kids heard me and told on me, then she'd come and knock and tell every, tell me to come out to the living room. It's very dehumanizing to sit and cry in front of people nearly every day. They'd make jokes or just mm. comments about how I was a moody and mopey person. The mother and daughter had a very high school mean girl personalities. When one of the other foster girls was out of the room or away on a home visit, they would talk garbage about her and try to get us other girls oh to God. chime in. Mm-hmm. <sighs> we couldn't bond or find comfort in each other because they were always driving wedges between us. The biological family called us quote unquote the foster kids. The daughters also called Are you us kidding me. No. The daughters also called us slaves, quote unquote, jokingly. There was a divide in the house, us and them. We were treated inferior in every way. I don't remember a lot of specifics and I don't want to go into examples of how they treated us. My mind has done a good job of erasing a lot of it. And that wasn't my main mm-hmm. point of commenting. I haven't gotten to that yet. But I think it is important to get across that these people were just evil. They only did it for money and spoiled their children while denying us basic needs. The father was verbally sexual towards us. The son got into a toxic... Ew! Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. The son got into a toxic relationship with one of the girls. The mother and her daughters were Ew! horribly... Mm-hmm. The mother and her daughters were horribly emotionally abusive. We weren't allowed any privacy or alone time. The special needs girl that I mentioned earlier slept in a playpen in the living room downstairs by herself because she cried too much. She spent most of her time in you there have alone. You've got to be kidding me. And she was three. Remember, she was oh. just three. She spent most of her time in there alone because she was a quote-unquote bad kid. What? Mm-hmm. Anyway, I wanted to comment in the first place to share how ashamed I was to be a foster kid. I eventually had to tell my teachers because I couldn't stop crying at school. I kept getting sent outside or to the office. After a few weeks, I'm sure everyone at school knew what had happened. I cannot explain how damaging it was to me personally to see the way people look at you when you're in a situation like that. My teachers, my friends, kids at school that had never liked me, judges, social workers, counselors, my sister, everyone. Everyone looked at me like I was a crippled dog. I developed a real fear of looking people directly in the eyes because I couldn't handle it. Her sister might have been, like, too young to foster. She might have been, like, just in college. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Anything would have been better. Yeah. Oh, that's so terrible. I was afraid for people to feel sorry for me. People started walking on eggshells around me or avoiding me completely because it made them feel bad to know what I was going through. As well as being Mm. treated like an annoyance and less than human in the foster home, I felt like a burden to everyone who knew me. I made everyone uncomfortable. I think that's the most damage foster care did to me. It took my humanity away from me. I felt like an outcast from my own life. At home, I was one of the gross foster kids, and at school, I was the girl who cries a lot and doesn't have a home or a family. And and at court, I was the poor girl whose mother is a method addict. At counseling, I was the girl who had a traumatic childhood and is still suffering. I wasn't allowed to be myself anymore. Everyone took that from me and replaced it with pity and their own discomfort. Um, I apologize for this being so dang long and disorganized. I've never told anyone this much about that period of my life. 
thank you to anyone who makes it through all of that. And that was her story. Oh my gosh. That's horrible. Yeah. And I just, I could not imagine, you know, and like, I think one of the most bothersome parts of that for me was the poor three-year-old special needs kid. Yeah. I don't understand how anyone can treat someone that way. I don't either. How can you deny someone privacy and talk about them like that? What kind of... That's just awful. That's so awful. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. Next story. Anyway. I can't. I can't (laughs) dwell on that anymore. That's so sad. Yeah. So now I'm going to lighten it up. Important, but sad. Yeah. I'm going to lighten it up a little bit. Yeah. Seriously. Um... So I got these next two stories from childwelfare.gov, um, and these were part of National Foster Care Month 2020. Um, and this one is called, or er, this is mainly based around foster care as a support to families, not a substitute for parents. So mm-hmm. this narrative okay. is called Providing a Safe Place While Families Address Their Challenges. My husband Which is and what I, it should be. Yeah. My husband and I both grew up around foster care. Both of our mothers had best friends who were foster parents. So it wasn't surprising that once we had all of our biological children, we decided to, we wanted to foster. Our home and hearts had the space. We submitted an application to the Massachusetts Department of Edu- Department of Children and Families and took the foster parent training classes over a summer. Shortly after we finished, we received our first call. Our social worker asked us if we wanted to care for a four-week-old baby girl who we could pick up from the hospital the next day. This is a really sweet story, by the way. Really, really sweet. Okay, good. I (laughs) I just got really scared. (laughs) (laughs) After discussing it together, we decided to say yes. We picked up a beautiful five-pound, 14-ounce baby girl the next day. She was the smallest baby we had cared for. Mm-hmm. Oh, my small, so tiny. Yeah. My smallest baby was just under nine pounds and had some challenges surrounding her birth. We met her dad first. He wanted to meet the people caring for his daughter. When my husband and I went to the DCF office, he told us, I just want my baby girl back. We felt such compassion oh. for him. My husband told him, we just want to care for her until she's able to come back to you. And that was true. We became foster parents to just foster. We want to be a safe place for little ones to land until their parents are able to take care of them. I met the baby's mom a couple weeks later. The visit didn't go as I had hoped, but it was nice to meet. I kept a notebook in the diaper bag that I sent to every parent visit. I wrote about how the baby's week was and anything I wanted to communicate to them. The parents often wrote back, and I grew to look forward to their notes. They were working hard to get her back. One afternoon, about five months after we picked up the baby at the hospital, I received a call from her social worker. She informed me that the baby would be returning to her parents in a month. I would be lying if I said I was okay after the call. I had grown to love this baby as my own, but I also knew he signed up to care for children for a time, not forever. I started going to her visits with her parents so I could tell them about her likes, dislikes, and needs. Four weeks later, I went with her social worker to meet the mom and dad, now ready to take her home. I gave them my contact information and told them if they wanted to stay in touch, it was up to them. The first days she was gone That's were good. really you tough. Put it in their court. Yeah. The first days after she was gone were really tough. I missed her. 
Ten days after she left, I received a text from her mom with a picture of her. It made my day. From there, our relationship grew, and they knew our family was supportive of theirs. A year later, they were ready to move into an apartment, so I reached out to friends and collected items for their new place. We rented a truck and helped them move in. That was almost... That was almost three years ago. They are doing well. We talk and text often. They have spent the last three Thanksgivings with us. We are the baby's godparents. Mm -hmm. We we are the baby's godparents. Was it easy? In a way, yes. We just treated them the way we would want to be treated, like the hardworking parents they are. They have become an extension of our family, and I am so glad they are a part of our lives. Oh, that's so amazing. Mm, That one made me cry the first time I read it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm struggling. (laughs) That was so beautiful. That's how it should work. Right? And that's... I loved it so much. Like, that is exactly how it should work. You know, it's not like you versus them. It's... Let's work together so that they can come back to you. Exactly. And that's how you make things not be so traumatic. Yeah. For everyone involved. It's terrible to have your kids taken away. And it's terrible to be taken away from your parents. Mm -hmm. But when the person is supportive and takes care of you. And then is also supportive of your family. And doesn't talk shit about your family. Or talk shit about you. Like look at that. Mm -hmm. Look what happens. Exactly. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. So this last one is actually... so good. Thank you. I was excited to find these. They were so cool. Um, This last one was really interesting. And it's actually called Learning About the Effects of Trauma. Um, Okay. So this one is really cool because it focuses on the caregiver, too. Um, Because it's... It's a stressful situation for everyone involved. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. So, Marcus and Mariana entered foster care at the ages of four and two, respectively, because of severe physical abuse. They bounced between several homes because Marcus's severely autistic behaviors were difficult to handle. To avoid placing them in a shelter, the state called Nina, the children's grandmother, to see if she would parent the children. Newly widowed in her mid-50s, Nina wasn't sure if she could do it, but decided to become a single mother to her grandchildren. She thought that her love alone would be enough to give them a better life. Nina adopted Marcus and Mariana at the ages of 5 and 3. Today, Marcus is 18 and Mariana is 16. Nina thought they would grow out of their trauma-related behaviors when she provided them love in a stable home, but the negative behaviors stemming from their abuse have increased. After hearing about Chosen, an organization that provides mentoring and parent education, she reached out for help. Every Monday, Chosen's case manager, Nikki Spencer, goes to Nina's house. In the first meeting, Nina explained how angry she was with the children's mother for putting her grandchildren in harm's way. She resented Marcus. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. rough. Yep. She resented Marcus and Mariana because of their challenging behaviors. She felt isolated and incapable of meeting their needs, let alone helping them heal. The first step in helping Nina was improving her self-worth. 
Parenting had become so difficult that she lost the motivation to care for herself. After implementing a self-care plan, Nikki helped Nina understand how trauma affects the development of a child, as well as how to parent children with that legacy of trauma. As Nina was learning these crucial concepts in her home, Mariana was overhearing the lessons. One day, she walked into their family room and asked Nikki if she could learn about trauma, too. After a few weeks of working together, Mariana said, I have been in therapy my entire life. No one ever explained to me how my past impacted the way I am now. Mariana felt worthless. Mm -hmm. Mariana felt worthless because her mom abandoned her. After working with Nikki, she went from a shy teen who would only leave her room to go to school to a bright, youthful 16-year-old looking forward to her very first date. She also became courageous enough to ask for special accommodations in school. She said, Grandma, I know my needs, and extra time testing outside the classroom is what I need. She also told Nikki, I can tell you really care about me. This is why I want to keep working with you, and I will listen to you. Monday is now my happy day. Nikki did whatever it took to help the family. She talked with Nina multiple times a day when they first met. After six months, Nina trusts herself to handle some behaviors and knows when to reach out for help. After living with a legacy of trauma, their story now includes attachment, hope, and healing. Their entire family is being transformed. That's so amazing. Isn't it? And... And I wanted to. Was that the last one? Because I can't take anymore. (laughs) That was the last one. I wanted to include a story about them being with a family member. You know, because yeah, that's good. Because it is a, it's different. You know, when you're placed in a home that doesn't really have any relation to your family, Um, because then, like, not only do you have the feelings of abandonment from your parent but you're also experiencing how this family member is reacting to the fact that that yeah. home life was so bad that they can't be there yeah. anymore you know because they're dealing with their own shit <clears throat> yeah. and feelings with involving disappointment in their daughter or sister or whoever yeah and yeah oh man those were great nice work Thank you. So, real quick before we do our game, I just wanted to plug a couple podcasts um, just to help people out. Because this was not... I mean, you ended it great. I won't... <laughs> this was Thanks. not super funny or, <laughs> or or super uplifting. But that those stories were great. Nice it was work. a crier. But, um, I, yeah, it was definitely a crier and a rager today. So, um, just a couple things that I've been listening to... Um, that have been bringing me joy. So, of course, Office Ladies, an armchair expert, always amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beach Too Sandy, Water Too Wet. Yes. Always good if you want to just rage about the stupidity of humanity. <laughs> but then there's some new ones. Uh-huh. There's some new ones. So, um, Exactly Right just, just launched Bananas, mm-hmm. which is awesome. It's just like crazy news and fluff pieces that are hilarious. It's too, told by two comedians and they have a guest every week. Oh, I love so, it. So, uh, to help to, to react which mm-hmm. is super good, and they tell funny stories on the side, too. Like, hey, remember the remember the time that we shit in the woods or whatever? I don't know. <laughs> it's just really fun. And then there's also a really good... This one's a limited series, and it is Giving Back. So this is a charity series. It's called mm-hmm. Staying In with Emily and Kamel. It's uh-huh. Kamel Nanjiani and his wife, Emily V. Gordon. Um, and 
he's a comedian. If you guys don't know Kamal Nanjiani, he's amazing and hilarious. He's, he's a Pakistani comedian. Oh my god. And his wife. And they're doing a limited series where they talk about being quarantined together because um, Emily is immunocompromised. So they've had to qu- quarantine before. Mm-hmm. And so they are, they give tips. They talk about how they're doing and how they're handling it. And they really talk through like all the emotions that we're all experiencing right now. And it's just lovely to know that I'm not the only one who's like talking to birds and like (laughs) you know and also like going through waves of anger at the world mixed with sadness and yeah uh, you know just weird weird eating habits and shit so it's great and they also have experts on as bonus like as bonus episodes they have guests on to talk about food um they have people on to talk about like what they're going through living with roommates uh fashion how they think that's going to be affected later homeschooling all kinds of stuff so it's really working out at home like just all kinds of things and it's really really great there's nine main episodes and then um each one's complemented with a an expert episode so um it's fantastic it has been getting me through my work day absolutely (laughs) because their voices are so soothing and they're just so funny together oh and they do not talk about any of the science Mm-hmm. that make you pa- makes you panic or anything like that it's hundred <laughs> percent just like meant to be uplifting and all of the pe- people that they're advertising with a hundred percent of the proceeds are going to charities mm-hmm. they're not making any money off of this so this is just to help them stay sane <laughs> and to um so that they can they can donate and affect some change in the world so because mm-hmm. they're in the position to do so so Aww. i would definitely give them a listen you guys it is fantastic um all right you ready for a game yeah. Oh, I just want to say real quick, I actually started a, um, started writing a stand-up comedy piece Look at that you. I'm really excited about. So, <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Oh, man. I wish I had a brain cell to spare <laughs> for anything like that. I'm so Just one right brain now. cell. <laughs> just one brain cell would be amazing. I didn't have any brain cells yesterday. I feel that. <laughs> no. My brain oh, cell God. was on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I think a okay, lot of the so time. Is... Oh, go ahead. No, you're fine. <laughs> oh, I was just saying, I think a lot of the time my mom and I both share a brain cell. And uh, yesterday it was <laughs> gone from you both of us. <laughs> pass it back and forth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, okay, so, oh lord, mm-hmm. this is our game, uh, called If You Had To by Drunk Sounder Stupid, and I don't know whose turn it is. I think it's mine. Okay. I'm not sure. I already sent you your card. Okay. Um, I don't know, but who cares? Um, so, <laughs> uh, you can go first. So, um, this is basically Would You Rather, so, okay, Would You Rather. Raise a business of ferrets as your children. I already choose that one. Yes. <laughs> I don't need or, to hear the other option. I just, I choose that. <laughs> but w- what is You know, option? you know everyone's future and it's not looking good. I feel like I'm already in that spot. Oh, <laughs> uh, same. I choose the ferrets. I, I want ferrets anyway. <laughs> Especially because I think it's hilarious that they're called a business of ferrets. Right? I love what groups of animals are called. It's the best part of our language. <laughs> A murder of crows. A pod of dolphins. (laughs) I have a fun fact about ferrets. Oh, no. 
okay, okay, so pet ferrets, they're really cute because mm-hmm. um, normally they're nocturnal, but they mm-hmm. they choose their sleep schedule to align with their humans so that they can be awake with their humans because they love you and they want to be I around I know, they're you. really su- they're really sweet. And I just want all I'm the I'm so ferrets. sad that Sarah had to get rid of her ferrets. They had the cutest boys. They were, oh. They were so fun. I'm so sad they had to get rid of them, but they had too much going on and they couldn't take care of them. Yeah. Rocky and Ugh. Snow have been they're especially pretty low cute maintenance. lately. They're pretty low maintenance. It just was too much. Once they got dogs, it was just like too much energy and like anxiety to have them all out together so and they now, were spending more time in the cage and now they're with a family that loves them so now that i've like experienced like really caring for small animals like that i love it like it mm-hmm. they are just <laughs> so precious and they're so fun and i like Kay's drunk <laughs> hush <laughs> But like I, I've already, I've already decided that when I get my own house, I'm going to have a room that's just dedicated to my tiny animals, and they'll have all the oh space Lord. to roam, and they'll be <laughs> they'll be allowed to walk around the house. I'm going to train them. I'm going to litter train to, them to shit in a box or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That way they can walk around and have fun and not ruin my floor. And <laughs> oh Lord, I just. I want all of them. I, Sounds I want great, 50. Kay. <laughs> I want fifty oh, guinea Lord. pigs. And okay, <laughs> we need to wrap. We need to wrap this up. We're gonna go. You're gonna be on animal hoarders. Okay, I so, am. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, we love you guys. Hope you're staying safe. Uh, please be responsible. Wear your mask over your over your nose and your mouth. Wash your hands. And remember, you are not a monster. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Talk Crooked. Music is by Gisla Niebach. Check out our website, talkcricket.wixsite.com slash podcast for sources and visual aids, as well as resources to get involved. To keep up with our nonsense and stay up to date on all things Cricket, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook at Talk Cricket. To keep the shots coming, access ex- exclusive bonus content, get a free poster, and a shout out on air, head on over to our Patreon. All links can be found on our website. You can listen to us basically anywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you have interesting stories relating to our content, please send them to talkcrooked at gmail.com for a chance to be featured on the show. For business inquiries or sponsorships, please email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. See you next time.